Welcome back to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, it's been a busy day and we'll get into some of that a bit later, uh, including Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, so getting straight into what we're playing, uh, how are you finding Ghost of Tsushima? I'm liking it a lot. Um, I mean, it's gotten to the point where it is a bit of a grind, and that's just more of the fact that there's all the little things that you kind of wander around and go for um, that aren't huge, like story plots, although there are individual story characters that you go on side missions for. I've noticed that, um, yeah. it's just yeah. It's just a lot of it is uh, feels like it's just a bit of a chore, and I'm not much one for collector I'm not, I've never been really a completionist in that sense. Yeah. So, uh, you know, trying to do that a little bit is tough for me, but I'm still plowing through it. Uh, when I need to break from that, I'll just keep playing, uh, uh, Moonli- Moonlighter. Uh, that's a fun, that's a, that's a good podcast game. If you like want to listen to podcasts, but still play games, that's a really good one to do because there's minimal story and it's all text. So you can, uh, just kind of cruise on through. Cool. Nice. Um, I'm liking Ghost of Tsushima more than I was last week. I'm not sure how much time I've put into the game. I want to say between about 8 and 10 hours, roughly, but that's just me kind of guessing. How how many hours have you put in so far, do you think? Because you said 20 uh, last I week, don't know. I think. Yeah, I'd have to... If there's a way to check on that, I'd have to check on that. I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. I usually get like an hour or two in a day, just depending on what my schedule is and uh, how long how long it takes for me playing on my PS4 for the fans to kick in and just be like super crazy loud. Uh, am I the only one who hasn't got a PS4 like that, or is it because mine's a bit newer? Because my, mine's only about uh, three years old or so. See, I got mine used as a trade, so I don't know how old it is. Right. Um, and it doesn't do that very often. It just does that on occasion. But that's more of your living environment than anything else, because from what I've been able to read online, a lot of that is dependent on uh, the fit, the exhaust fans. Mm-hmm. And so if you live in like a more of a dustier environment, then those uh, fans pick up more dust. And if you're not in one of those environments, apparently it's a little easier to maintain. Yeah, because I always hear about people saying like, "Oh, I played these really, these really demanding games like God of War, Red Dead Redemption Two, Last of Us Two, and like my PS4 is about to take off and that." Because um, mine's mine's not only is it relatively new, uh, like time wise from when I bought it, because I only bought mine. I'm sure it was like three or four years ago or something, 2016 or 2017, um, and I did buy a new one as well. So that's probably a little bit of the difference with that. But um, yeah, I mean it's good that I haven't got that, but. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. In terms of Ghost of Tsushima as well, um, I'm getting used to the navigation stuff. Uh, a mm-hmm. bit more. That that was my my biggest gripe with the game when we spoke last week. Uh, what I sort of tend to do is instead of trying to like keep going forward, turn the camera around, and swipe up on the trackpad, I tend to actually stop and then like pay attention to what direction the wind's going in, and then just keep going from that. And I've kind of got into like a little kind of rhythm or habit of doing that. So it's it's flowing a bit better. It's still not, you know, the best option, I think. Um, I mean, the the wind mechanic itself, I think, is fine. I just find the swiping up on the trackpad a bit awkward, which is where the game should have button mapping, because I would like to swap that to a different button. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I'm not going to nitpick on that too much. Um, it's it's still a little bit of an issue, but it's it's one I'm definitely getting a bit more used to. I'm uh, getting more used to the combat. I've started unlocking a couple of things. I unlocked one of the stances that you you were talking about, uh, the one with the shield. 
um, mm-hmm. which is which is way more effective against them. Uh, and now you don't have to sort of parry or or dodge as much. So that's been quite good. Uh, finding mo- more of the um, bamboo cutting stuff that you do to like, upgrade your sword or whatever. Um, I your uh, focus or resolve or whatever it's called. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I actually quite enjoy doing them because you sort of have to look at the... You, you start off with like three buttons or something like triangle, X, triangle. It's quite, kind of easy. And then it slowly adds more buttons. And then you're trying to you're trying to kind of remember it off by heart because once he starts cutting or once you press the first button, the list of like buttons is gone to press. So you have to kind of remember that. So I I quite enjoy doing that actually. I've only found two so far, uh, and I'd quite like to just go and do like all of them, I guess. But uh, like you said, you have to kind of look around for for some of them and whatnot. Um, yeah, and I and I do like how getting those areas to the collectibles feels a lot more organic when you're like following the fox or following the bird, and it's not like yeah, the, a spot auto pops up on the map, and then you gotta just track it down. So yeah, yeah, because I was traveling in between missions and just found one on the way, so I got off my horse and uh, and did that. So yeah, I I quite like that little mechanic. Um, the actual sword play and the gameplay I've gotten a lot more used to. Um, it's just difficult anticipating like, okay, is the enemy about to do a red unblockable attack or one that I can deflect? Uh, and you have to kind of keep your wits about you. So wait till you get to the mechanic when you're doing the standoffs and they add in the uh the head fake. Yeah, I've got to that. Yeah, they they start faking that they're about to to hit you. Um, when they first show it, I think that they do it once, but sometimes they do it twice. I d- I just wait for like a lot more body movement. Um, I th- I've 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 only failed two of them. Um, both times I got hit, obviously. Uh, but all the other times mm-hmm. has been fairly successful. I do like that mechanic as well. I think that's pretty good. It's a good way of like. I think kind of calming the game down. You know, you're about to go into this probably quite big battle sequence, and instead of kind of rushing in there. It sort of like calms it down. I mean, it kind of doesn't really make much sense the actual mechanic because if you know if they were real enemies and then one of one of them says, "Hey, wait a minute, I'm just going to do a standoff with this guy," and surely the enemy would come up. One of the other enemies would just come up behind you and stab you. But um, aside from that, I I quite like that mechanic. I think it's a good way to kind of calm the battle down before you get into it, and then uh, it's a good way to kind of kick that off. So, see, that's why I called that called the game like every samurai movie i grew up on because that's something you see quite regularly in uh, samurai movies as a, and it's no different in like in a western movie when it's like a quick draw right, thing right yeah um obviously in real life it's not going to be quite like that but uh you know it's you know tomato tomato um mm-hmm. and i'm not going to tell you where you find it but at some point you can find uh armor to where when you do go through the upgrade system and upgrade your armor, you can actually chain that to get... I think it's up to five is the limit on that. So you can actually take down most... Uh, I think I've seen an upgrade that's two. Like kill kill yeah. the standoff enemy and then kill one immediately after. Well, I there's one I with the, the technique points. And then there's one that you can get bonuses on top of that through an armor that you find okay. later in the game. Yeah. I remember seeing the upgrade. I can't remember if I actually unlocked it i need to check that but um that's a it's it's a good game mechanic for uh kind of going into to kind of settling into a into a battle um the the only other comment i kind of had about the game is it doesn't really feel like a triple a video game when i think of like the highest tier triple a video games like just just of 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 recent memory off the top of my head you got things like red Dead redemption 2 god of war spider-man kind of feels like that in a way last of us 2 definitely uh, that those sort of really, really top tier video games. This feels like a. It feels like a just about AAA 
video game. It's sort of like one of them one of them double A games that's like it, it, it's somewhere in between a double A and a triple A game for me. Uh, and I don't know if it's like intended to definitely be a triple A video game, but like there, there's just things that I notice in production of games to where like okay the production value on this game just isn't that high and we're not i'm not like putting the team down or whatever like i'm just commenting on what i've seen and giving my opinion but uh it's not something that like bothers me particularly but it's just this this game like the way it's been talked about online as if it's this like one of the greatest games of the ps4's generation when i i don't think i'd put it in the top five of them like you think of all the really great ps4 exclusives i don't think i'd put this it would maybe be in the top 10 for me but not in the top five so it, it's sort of like on that level of being really really great but it's just not quite above uh or at the sort of you know level of some of the games i just mentioned uh what, what do you think in terms of like production quality and and that sort of thing uh well there's a lot of the little touches that i like in the production quality like i said with the uh um you know, using the birds instead of uh, just tracking down, you know, waypoints. I I do like. I know you're not the biggest fan of it, but that is something I do like a lot. Um, I mean, graphically, it definitely is there. I'm not gonna. It's not you know perfect graphics, but I don't really believe there's such a thing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the actual graphics itself, I like it a lot. It's uh, it's very effective in that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, in terms of the story and the characters and that, I've I've grown to care about them. A bit more. <clears throat> there was a couple of missions that I did today and yesterday uh, that were pretty good. So overall, I think I mean, we're both enjoying it. Overall, I think you're maybe enjoying it more than me, but yeah, we still like the game. So uh, that's pretty good as well. Uh, like I said, once I finish the game, I've no idea how long I've got left, but uh, once I do finish it, I will review it probably in a couple of weeks' time still, because um, that's just the situation that we're in. So, uh, but we will we will keep uh, we will continue to talk about it uh, weekly as we play more of it. Um, how far off do you think you are from finishing it? Uh, probably not a a lot. I'm ju- I'm into Act Two, um, and I've been constant. I think there's three. Yeah. But Act Two, there's a lot to do, and especially when you get to Act Two, it opens up all the uh, uh, side character story missions. So you get uh, uh, Yuma and the Archer guy whose name I can't remember. And then later on you meet a monk and he's got a storyline. And then you meet somebody from your old castle. Okay. And she has a quick storyline. And so there's a plus then there's all the legendary equipments, which aren't the fastest things to find. So hmm. Cool. All right. So that's most of what we've been playing. I've still been playing Call of Duty. Uh, I'm trying to just sort of manage my time between Ghost and uh, Call of Duty. Uh, definitely, will still get back to doing my uh, New Game Plus Philosophers Part Two. Uh, I still, th- I still think it was a mistake to release that so close to Last of Us. You know, to to release the the two games so close together and then put. Well, it's not like they did it intentionally. I mean, one was delayed, then the other, then the back and the forth, and the back and the force, and then the shutdown because of the virus and all that stuff. So. Right. And then poor old Tony Stark got sandwiged between the two, but yep. it, it, I still intend to play Iron Man VR as well. But you know, I'm just I'm in the middle of a bunch of games. So plus, you know, in a few months, Crash will be out, and then Avengers, and then uh, we're getting into that season. So I'm not gonna like rush my way through anything. Uh, but um, there's there's a lot to to play coming up. So uh, speaking of stuff that we've been doing, let's move into that now with some housekeeping. See you for that in a minute. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. 
I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show, too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, as of today, um, I finally got round to doing Entertainment Talk's spoiler policy. So basically, if you go to listen to an Entertainment Talk podcast and you're not sure if there's going to be spoilers, um, because, I I don't know, maybe you just might not be sure, uh, if you want to know whether there will or won't be spoilers on a particular podcast, uh, there is a pinned link right at the top of the website. Uh, It's next to the About tab, the Information tab, and uh, I think the Patreon tab and some other ones as well uh, so you can click on that and it will be I've, I've written it today so it's not a podcast this is a written um, piece I suppose about you know our, our, our spoiler policy for different podcasts so yeah if you want to just double check with that then that's perfectly fine as well I'm probably going to start linking that in the newer podcast as well so uh, just have a look out for that and of course as always if you've got any questions uh, don't hesitate to ask that's perfectly fine as well uh, so it's both on the you know recent part of the website and it's also gonna it's gonna pretty much always be at the top of the website so have a look out for that i did a podcast today on uh uh, amber heard and ezra miller they've both been doing some things uh both been involved with some current events and it might affect their future for the dceu amber heard of course does play as mira currently in the uh, aquaman films she's scheduled to be in aquaman 2 in 2022 i think december 2022 i think she got pulled from that 
hasn't been made official, so that's why I did the... Uh, yeah, she, she might be, so that's part of what I discussed on the podcast, whether or not she will be. Um, there has been some court hearings going on, at least of today as well, so we'll see the results of all of that. And the other person involved is Ezra Miller as well, who does play the current version of the DCEU's Flash, who also is supposed to be in an upcoming film, which was supposed to be out two years ago. Uh, but that's I think that's scheduled for the same year as Aquaman as well, 2022. So we'll wait and see what happens with both of those. Uh, Man United podcast this week, uh, the last game of the Premier League season. We've still got the rest of the Europa League to play next month. Manchester United beat Leicester uh, City 2-0 away from home, finished third, and have qualified for the Champions League for next season, which is really, really good. That was the goal of this season, or one of the goals for this season, uh, was to finish in the top four. Qualify for the Champions League and uh, yeah, get back to playing Champions League football next season. So really, really good stuff. Happy for the team with that. And I discussed all that there. Gaming Talk last week, we talked about the um, Xbox Game Showcase and uh, PlayStation 5's DualSense. Uh, sorry, Jeff Keighley, who, who hosts the Game Awards, did a hands-on demo uh, with the DualSense playing Astro's Playground. And we also talked about a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So check that out. Uh, two TV season uh, or series reviews that I did last week. Uh, both I've given Don't Skip ratings for. One is called Stateless. It's on Netflix. It's a mini limited series about border control and refugees and asylum seekers and all that sort of stuff. And it stars Yvonne Strahovski. So that was really good. Also did another one for the first season of Cursed, which is on Netflix, which is a fantasy series based on the Arthurian legend, uh, which stars Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why I Love Simon and some other stuff as well. So I gave that a don't skip rating for its first season. Both of those season reviews, by the way, are spoiler free, so you can listen to them no matter what. Uh, classic reviews last week, uh, season 4, episode 7 for The Cable Guy. The Jim Carrey season, of course, is still continuing. There's only a few episodes left of the season, but there's still going to be uh, some stuff in there as well so hopefully you are enjoying that and there will be a new episode tomorrow which will be season four episode eight and you'll find out what film that is for tomorrow at midday so look out for that um and that's pretty much everything that we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's get into some news Alright, one thing I actually just remembered to put into the news, which or well, into yeah, an extension of last week from the Xbox Game Showcase. Uh, I didn't manage to write. The, I didn't remember to write this down, but you kind of reminded me when you started talking about graphics. Uh, there was a lot of controversy and a lot of you know kind of hate online, I suppose, about the graphics for Halo Infinite, and a lot of people were kind of saying about you know this is Xbox's uh, flagship series, and yes, it's kind of dying in a certain way but people still really like Halo and it's it's still their flagship series that Gears and Forza are always going to pretty much be their uh, flagship series uh, there was this zoomed in picture of one of the enemies of the game I'm not sure of the enemy's name I think it's a grunt or something like that um, and then there was this other thing um, for this uh, the, the Fable trailer that they showed at the end of the game showcase the last thing that they revealed is that they are going to be making a new Fable game um, and someone pointed out that there's like a texture pop in kind of thing uh, that 
part I think is a little bit more nitpicky because uh, it you know it was it was kind of barely noticeable. The person like zoomed in. There was this person online that zoomed in on like the Fable trailer and it showed this like texture pop in stuff. And basically, there was just this whole discussion last week about like, okay, if Halo, if Halo is gonna look like this on the Xbox Series X or whatever, why should I get it? And this looks bad, and etc. 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 First of all, did you see this discussion online? I suppose. Yeah, I saw people going nuts about that. I, I it's really just people that want to hate on it for for hating on it because, well, first off, we don't know at what level and what fidelity they were streaming it at. You it's know, true. they might have yeah. had a drop in their uh, frame rate and the quality could have gone to crap. So mm-hmm. nothing to know about there. And plus, you know, we don't know what hardware it was running on. I mean, you would think they'd want to have it going as much as possible, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get where you're coming from as well. Um, To me, uh, I mean, I've as I've been saying within the last, what, couple of months or so, graphics aren't as important to me now that's not to say that companies can get away with not making games look better because there's gamers out me out there sorry uh, that care about graphics more than me and i'd like those people to be happy still you know i've I've kind of expressed in the last like i said month or so that it's you know what matters more to me is the gameplay story and characters uh if those aren't good then you're gonna have to try find a way to interest me and graphics aren't gonna aren't gonna do that so in terms of like does this you know is this running was this running properly what was this running on was this running on an original xbox or like a pc or an xbox series x or s or a um xbox one s uh, xbox one x sorry um like in terms of okay does this game look great or whatever that stuff that doesn't actually bother me particularly because i'm i'm going into halo infinite more thinking like okay what are they going to do to kind of resurrect the story in a way like Halo 5 was was a bad game and I don't think that they gave Master Chief you know the main series character much of much service and they have that Locke character uh, that was in there so I, I'm I'm more concerned about like okay what, what are they going to do with this story and to make the game interesting again we talked about the you know changing with the gameplay making it open world I, and I said that that would be that could be a way to kind of um help the halo series a bit i don't know that for definite it might not work it might make the game worse but yeah i mean like you said people like to nitpick and stuff but you you just kind of reminded me when you when you're talking about ghost uh of tsushima's graphics and stuff uh and that was one of what that was one of the big um controversial things kind of coming out of the uh uh showcase last week so it is what it is when we see the game in like a couple of months or or so and it maybe looks better and i don't know we'll see how it goes so uh, i don't think we need to spend too much time on that today but i just wanted to kind of address it and uh get robert's and mine opinions in there so uh, let's move on from that and talk about some football stuff um got some fifa 21 info um first of all there is there was a message on fifa 20 today and they're doing the upgrade thing that they've been talking about with with other games. I think uh, Marvel's Avengers is going to be getting it. Uh, NBA 2K21, I think, is going to be getting it as well. Basically, if you buy the game on Xbox One, this is in in this case FIFA 21's uh, case. If you buy FIFA 21 on Xbox One, you'll get the free uh, Series X upgrade for free. Now, this hasn't been confirmed for PlayStation 5. You know, PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, but I would I would imagine it would work. Uh, the same way as well because they've been confirming similar games as well for uh, for PS5. Uh, what do you think of that? Another game kind of joining the the queue, if you will. Yeah, I mean it, that makes sense because you you're going to want people to buy the new consoles. Mm-hmm. 
um, especially with everything going on right now. Um, and everybody seems to be, be playing chicken on to who gets to, or has to, rather, announce their console price and pre-order dates first and launch dates first. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely want to encourage people to buy the newer hardware. Um, with Xbox, um, they did, uh, like we talked about last week, they're phasing out the 1S Digital and the uh, 1X. So your options are going to be the uh, 1S or the Series X. That's assuming that this Lockhart thing isn't coming out this year, which we don't know about. Yeah. Um, but past that, you know, you want to give people a reason to buy the new console other than it's the new console. Mm-hmm. Now, there's going to be the people like the pro gamers, the pro streamers that just buy them because they kind of have to buy them. Um, but then there's going to be the people that are going to buy them because their old hardware is starting to get you know a little long in the tooth and they want a better version of it. Uh, and then you get the third category of the people that just want the best available. So you you want all three people to be uh, um, purchasing your consoles. Yeah. And then doing the free upgrade is you know your best chance of get, getting all three people. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Do you think that Lockhart is going to be called Xbox Series S. That's what a lot of people are saying. I don't know. It kind of depends on the form factor. Um, because when you went from the Xbox One to the One S, the physical size was noticeably smaller. I mean, seriously, noticeably smaller. Um, and if that's the case with the Series, uh, with the Lockhart, if they call it Series S because it's like a smaller digital version of that. That would make the most sense, but since we haven't seen any hardware on it, I don't see that coming out at the launch for the Series X. I think they might wait like a year mm-hmm. and let the people buy the X, and then, oh, here's a smaller, cheaper, slightly less powerful version. Although, that doesn't make any sense, because when you think about all the SKU changes and updates over the whole series of Xbox, they've never gone less powerful. Um, 1 to 1S one was slightly more powerful i mean on a purely uh paper level it was more powerful but the big sell was the the massive size difference and to someone who's owned both trust me it is a massive size difference <laughs> so going from good so the 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 uh, lockhart series s could be like a smaller tower <laughs> yeah <laughs> one that you just like shrink down a bit or something yeah yeah Going from the S to the X was all about the power boost and increase, but it was also smaller than the S. Mm. Um, and then we'll just see from there. So yeah, uh, getting back to FIFA though, uh, yeah, they did. Uh, there's, li- there's literally a message on the FIFA 20 game, so it's definitely confirmed <laughs> uh, that you'll get the free upgrade. I think that's a good kind of theme for everybody to follow. If you're going to release a new game like around this time. Um, or even, you know, in the future, like when we get uh, Far Cry 6 uh, next year, I think in January or February. Um, I expect that to, like, okay, sure, it's going to come out on PS4 and PS5, but I, I expect that, okay, if you get Far Cry 6 on PS4, you should be able to, again, do the same thing. I think, for mo- basically, for most games that are going to come out, I think, on both, you should be able to, you know, continuously do this thing. Because, like, FIFA 21 is going to be on PS4 and PS5, you know, Xbox One, Xbox Series uh, X and all that so I would expect more games to continue to follow that in fact I think if a, if a developer or a game company at this point goes no we're not going to do that and we're going to port the game so that you'd have to buy one for next gen they would start to you know look like the old one out so we'll see who maybe decides to do that first because so- somebody's going to do that 
Um, we'll just have to wait and see who that is necessarily. Uh, but Kylian Mbappe, who is a French uh, Paris Saint-Germain player, uh, which is a coach in, in the French League. I think that they won their league this season, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it's going to be this year's cover star, of course. Every year they pick a new athlete. Sometimes they've had more than one. Sometimes they've had three. Um, Pro Evolution Soccer 2020 had four, I think. I uh, can't remember all of them. I think it was Messi, McTominay, Pjanic, and I can't remember who. David Alaba, I think, from, from Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Um, but yes, this year's FIFA 21 star will be Kylian Mbappe. Last year's uh, cover star was Eden Hazard, who um, did play for Chelsea and then went off to Real Madrid for, I think, 120 million or something. But uh, So he was last year's star. This year's star is going to be Kylian Mbappe, uh, World Cup winner, actually, because France uh, won the last World Cup as well, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, so he's going to be this year's cover star. They've got different variations for like Champions Edition, Standard Edition, and then there's one more I think as well, Ultimate Edition maybe. Uh, I, th- those are the ones. Um, so I've got some information on my phone here as well about FIFA 21's um, career mode. Let me just scroll down. Now does uh, FIFA and Pez have the equivalent of the Madden curse or is that just a Madden thing? What's the Madden curse? Uh, the Madden curse goes to, obviously, the American Football League, uh, um, NFL. Um, John Madden, who was a coach for the Raiders for a while and then became a TV commentator, he his name and likeness were part of the Madden games, which is why they're called Madden. And I think 18 of the last 22 cover athletes have either gone on injured reserve preseason or just had a terrible season after becoming the cover for the Madden game. Thus, the Madden curse. It was like uncanny. Like you get on that, and then immediately your next year, or next two years are just completely trashed. Um, no, that hasn't tended to really happen with with the footballers. Uh, I mean, the one exception I'd make to that is Wayne Rooney, who I'm sure you've uh, heard of, English footballer, Manchester United player, played for Everton and played. He's currently the player manager for Derby. Um, he was on FIFA's cover for I want to say about ten years, and then after that period, when he when he wasn't the cover star anymore then he started to play worse and not necessarily get injuries but uh started to just play worse but no as, as far as my recent memory goes uh Kylian Mbappe like I said he just won the World Cup I think it was last year or the year before uh Eden Hazard who was uh the previous year's um cover star he's had a pretty good career I've not heard like as much about him um over in uh Spain for Real Madrid but when he played at Chelsea he was really good I think he's had a relatively good season at Real Madrid so no there there doesn't tend to be that curse that you're talking about with uh with the FIFA players so yeah if you go online and just do a Google search for Madden curse you can pull it up and it's uh it, I mean obviously there's no real, real thing as a curse because it's not like somebody's intentionally doing it. Right. But if you look at the list of the athletes, of they get on the cover and then what happens to them next, it's it's pretty consistent. It goes all the way back to 1999, which was the first year that a pro athlete was on the cover of Madden. Up until then, it's always been Jadman's face. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, uh, he breaks his ankle in the Super Bowl and doesn't play the whole next year. And then pretty much every person after that something bad happens to him after they're getting on the color. Oh. Damn. Uh, I did find what I was looking for. Um, so this is from Push Square, who do uh, PlayStation News and whatnot. Uh, FIFA 21's career mode sounds like a massive improvement. We've heard that before, but let's continue reading. Uh, with the Madden 21 um, 
sorry, Madden NFL 21 community uh, continues to criticise EA for the uh, lack of improvements to the series. Uh, staple franchise mode. It looks like FIFA 21, the FIFA 21 team, sorry, has been busy in the aftermath to last year's dreadful career mode. It launched really badly. Do you, mem- do you remember that last year in September when I read out like all those crazy glitches and errors? And it, it was it was a while ago, so I don't know if you remember that necessarily. Yeah, I vaguely remember because I, I mostly I remember seeing all the videos that would pop up on YouTube of just wild stuff happening. Yeah, they they did get around to fixing that. Career mode's actually not that bad now. So, um. Yeah, after last year's uh, career mode, you may recall the soccer sim launching in an abysmal state um, with all kinds of wacky bugs and glitches leading to a rather forceful uh, hashtag fixed career mode which was trending on social media. Perhaps the biggest improvement in the uh, introduction of the interactive match sim which allows you to monitor match data and make adjustments on the fly. It isn't as detailed as Football Manager but the twist is that you can hop in to the game at any time taking direct control of the action on the field before hopping back out Simil- similarly to MBL uh, the show which I can't speak to because I've not played that game um, MBL similar similarly sorry to MBL the show's uh, March to November mode you can choose to quote control um, the big moments like penalties and free kicks so you can do them for yourself because obviously if you get a penalty it's a pretty pretty big deal there's also there's also depth being added to player development with the right uh, schedule for example you can transform a plucky right back into a devastating right winger reminds me of Gareth Bale uh, but apart from that was left back to right winger which is completely odd but uh, and you'll have control over how you um, want your entire team to train in between games. It's important because you'll have to micromanage fitness, ensuring that your key players um, are peak. At, uh, yeah, they play at the peak performance at just the right time. Transfers are also being tweaked with the addition of loan to buy options. No idea why the game didn't have that before because that's such a basic feature. Um, and if you choose a more financially uh, constrained club, you can activate a financial takeover option that will effectively provide you with direct access to Roman Abramovich's account number and sort code. That's just a joke, obviously. He's the, um, I'm pretty sure he's the owner of Chelsea Football Club. He's got a lot of money, basically. So that's that's who that is. Uh, more will be revealed in August, which is next month. Um, but this is sure sounds like a good starting point to us. So I know every year they say, like, hey, we've made the game better. We've done this and that and whatever. Sometimes, like... I mean, with, with, with the loan-to-buy options, basically, for, for those of you who don't know what that is, basically, if you if you loan a player for, I don't know, six months or a year or some period of time, there's usually an option in the real world, uh, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't, depends on the, the, on the negotiations, to buy that player at the end of the loan period, because otherwise, usually, once that loan period's over, the player goes back to their original team. Yeah, it's just, it thing, things like that that already should have been in FIFA for years, but... You know, if they're going to put these things in now, like some of those sorts of similar things and things like fitness and specific kind of training stuff. Because at the moment, all you can do, obviously, if you continue to play a particular player and they score and do well, their ranking will go up and that. But there's things like you've got this little training menu in the bottom right of career mode where you pick five players. I don't know why it's only five. And you give them like a specific thing to improve on. So let's say you've got a young striker. And you want them to, you know, get better at shooting. You'd give them shooting practice. If you've got a young goalkeeper, you'd give him maybe handling practice so he can catch the ball better, or you know, something like that. Or if you've got a winger um, and you want him to be faster, you'll give him 
training with running so that it becomes faster. It's pretty basic stuff, so it would be quite useful for that stuff to uh, improve. I mean, we've had FIFA for how long? Um, and it, it's funny because um, it's mentioned there in the Push Square article about being able to hop in and out of matches. I remember FIFA... I think it was 11 or 10 or something where you could do that on like the PSP version of FIFA and there's certain features like that where players have looked at uh, you know people who played the game have looked at that and thought like why did that ever get taken out of the game because it's not like I don't know it's it's strange things like that that EA will decide to do um, which is which is just really strange so uh, any thoughts on these improvements at all I know you don't play the game but yeah well Given how broken the the state of that game was for um, that, I gotta imagine a lot of those features were kind of left out because they just couldn't get them to work. Yeah. Um, past that, um, you know, as long as they don't charge for fixing problems that they should have fixed before launch, I really don't care past that. Um, I'm just not a fan of oh, if you buy this DLC, this problem will get fixed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get what you mean. So we'll see how it turns out. Uh, there's usually a demo uh, about a month or so before the game's released, so we should hopefully see that soon. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, I think that's all the FIFA 21 stuff that I had to mention. On the other competitive side, on uh, the football games, which isn't very much, it's pretty much Pro Evolution Soccer or PES uh, and FIFA every year. So Konami, of course, the developers of Pro Evolution Soccer, which is pretty much the only game that they make these days uh they've decided to instead of doing uh fifa uh, fifa pro evolution soccer 2021 as a full game is going to be what they've called a season update now this is something that people outside of you know the the gamers of of these particular games have basically suggested for a long long time as if you did some sort of seasonal pass kind of thing to where like okay you improve the game you obviously make you know kit changes stadium changes uh transfers of of players and that sort of thing um, so this is something that people have talked about for a long, long time. It's just never happened until now. Um, they have said that Pro Evolution Soccer 2022, which will obviously be next year's game, will be a full release. So I went and looked at the price for the... Because it's up for, available for pre-order, Pro Evolution Soccer 2021. Usually the game... Uh, if, if you're looking on the PlayStation Store, which is where I looked, uh, £55, pound, it is, which is usually the, the, the full version of these games. Not the season update that I'm talking about for PES, but most... Most standard edition versions of games available for pre-order are uh, £55. If you want to get them off like Amazon, like the physical versions of Amazon and whatnot, they can be between about £45 and £50. So I went and checked how much the um, this Pro Evolution Soccer 2021 update is going to be. Uh, based on the two numbers that I've just said for full games, Robert, uh, how much do you think, because I've got the number in front of me, I'm going to tell you in a minute, how much do you think this season update is going to be for Pro Evolution Soccer? Uh, well, ideally it'd be something cheap, like 20, but given everything, I have to say like 35. It's 31, so you're almost correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, cutting it down from 55 to 31, I think is good. It could maybe be a little bit cheaper, like 20 or 25 or so. Uh, I think this is basically going to attach itself to, uh... Pro Evolution Soccer 2020, which seems like that's that's what they're going to do. Uh, this is assuming that players, I think, already own... Pro Evolution Soccer 2020. I don't know if you can just go and order this um, seasonal update thing and just use it on its own. I'm not 100% sure. I didn't see that, so I can't confirm or, or deny that either way. But, yeah, I mean, people have talked about this for so long, about, like, okay, why do you need to buy a brand new sports game every year? First of all, you don't need to. 
because I might not buy FIFA 21, I might buy uh, 22, because I did buy FIFA 18, I skipped 19 and then bought 20, so no, you don't need to buy them every year, it's just an option for you. Um, but yeah, what do you think of them actually doing what people have said for so long, changing it to a season update? Yeah, I I do like it being a season update, I do think it should be a little bit cheaper, but that's just personally me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. unless you're getting like a graphical upgrade or some other feature that was missing that hadn't been in there before, you are talking about a massive DLC cost. Basically what this is, yeah. Kind of a big kind of DLC seasonal kind of thing. So we'll see how this goes. I'm not personally planning on getting this. If I do return to that coach mode thing, I'm just going to play the version of the game I've already got because I don't feel the need to, to buy this or to update it. So... That's that for your football games for this year. Um, so that is that. One other piece of news I've got. We do have our PS Plus games. Robert's got the games of gold, which he'll read out in a minute. But your PS Plus games for August. Um, yeah, August. Gosh, already. Uh, for 2021. Are Fall Guys and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 campaign remastered. Campaign remastered. So that's not the... It's not the remaster for the multiplayer for Modern Warfare. Because let let me just make something kind of clear. Call of Duty for Modern Warfare, which was the game released in 2007, did get a remaster alongside, I think it was Advanced Warfare or Infinite Warfare. For quite a long time, that was a double pack kind of thing. That was a full remaster of the first game. Uh, the uh, first game, the Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, I'm saying the first game because that's the first one that I played, that's a full remaster of that game with the multiplayer and the campaign and I think maybe Spec Ops if they had it back in, back, back then I think they had maybe like a co-op thing that you could do but um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 which is the sequel to Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare got its campaign remastered but no multiplayer this actually did happen during you know the time that we're in now where call of duty modern warfare the 2019 game that i've been playing regularly uh got released so that was released along you know kind of alongside that um this was after warzone had come out for modern warfare and some other ones i think these are pretty good choices i've looked at a trailer for that fall guys thing it looks like a fun silly kind of game it looks a bit sort of like um in that same genre as kind of like Gang Beasts or something, which I which I did play a few months ago. Uh, but what do you think of these two game selections? Uh, I mean, I'm sure some people will be happy with the Call of Duty one. I've said several times that I'm not much of a shooter guy myself. I got no problem with the, the format of the game or the style of the game or anything like that. It's just a matter of it's not a game I don't play. Mm-hmm. Um, never did hear of uh, Fall Guys, but if it's like, you know, Gang Beasts, that's not... Uh, not a terrible game. Um, it's that's more design uh, game designed for like streamers than uh, yeah anything else. Um, so you know maybe next time you're doing a stream, once that game goes live, uh, hit me up and we'll do a little uh, e talk stream. Maybe get uh, David or Bex or somebody to jump in on that as well. So yeah, yeah we'll see. I, I think at least with with me and you, we could do that because it's a like like we said, it's a PS Plus game. Uh, and obviously, I've got PlayStation Plus because I play. Call of Duty Online. Uh, you've still got PlayStation Plus, haven't you? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we could um, set that up. We could do that as a Let's Play Sunday episode, maybe, because I will bring that back soon. I've just put it on a little bit of a hiatus, uh, but it does have 50 episodes, like I said, so there's plenty out there available to watch for it. But, um, yeah, if we but, yeah, we could both download that for free. Obviously, play it online for free, given we'll already have PS Plus. Um, go into a, like a PlayStation party thing, if it wants to ever load, because it is ridiculously slow to get into it you know like a chat party 
for uh, PlayStation. Uh, get into one of those, and yeah, we'll do that as a, as a Let's Play. Um, whenever that's going to be available. I did hear that the Modern Warfare 2 campaign remastered for PS Plus is available today. I didn't hear the same thing about Fall Guys. So look out for that in August. We'll be in August very, very soon. So look I out don't for know that. about in the UK, but in the States, the PS uh, Plus games tend not to go live until like the 4th or 5th. Okay. All right. So it's a little bit different. But, you know, it, within the next week or so, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do something with that. So... Cool. Uh, so that's the PS Plus games for August 2020. What are the games of gold games, Robert? Uh, another kind of disappointing-ish month mm-hmm. for the games with gold. Uh, the Xbox One games are Portal Knights and Override Mech City Brawl. Uh, not familiar with Portal Knights, but it looks like a, a top-down, uh, isometric dungeon crawler. Override uh, Mech City Brawl also looks like that Robox claim. A game got made into yeah. a weird mech assault game. Uh, for the non-Xbox ones, there's actually two original Xbox games, uh, MX Unleashed and Red Faction 2. Uh, MX is obviously motocross, so it's a motorcycle racing game, uh, dirt, jumps, things like that. Red Faction is a series of uh, shooter games where you're on Mars, so, mm-hmm. but not in the Doom way. I mean, they're not bad games. They're just, you know, especially with original Xbox games, they're kind of dated. So, yeah. And some of them, they have done some weird uh, engineering, sciencey, you know, wizardry to make them look pretty darn good for being an original Xbox game. Um, but yeah, I'm just nothing really to to run around screaming. <laughs> yeah, nothing to to do that for. Do you know what I think is kind of happening? I think what's going on is, even though, because you've got, obviously, PlayStation and Xbox, PS Plus, Games of Gold, got Game Pass, you've got PlayStation now, right? So they've both got the two services each, services each, um, and they're both kind of similar. PlayStation now, yes, you have to stream certain games, you can download certain games as well. Game Pass is kind of, you know, it's a similar service in certain ways, obviously, you don't have to, you don't have to stream those games. Games of Gold is, like, your monthly stuff with your online stuff, and your, um discounts and whatnot playstation plus is the same it feels like to me that with playstation now that sony's been slowly adding certain games to it and they've been putting a little bit more emphasis into what they're doing with uh, ps plus certainly for, for the game selections i know they're still only still only doing two and xbox is doing four i understand that on the other side, it feels like with Xbox that they're going Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass. Look at all these games you can get, and then they do, they do this Xbox Game Showcase. And Phil Spencer probably said Game Pass fifty times. I get it. Game Pass is like a really great, great service, and that, and all all these games that you're gonna get day one on Xbox are gonna be available on Game Pass. That's brilliant. It feels like they're letting the games with gold kind of wane a little bit because Game Pass is picking up steam. Do, do you do you see what I'm kind of going for here? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I just wonder if it's like a Microsoft thing to where you have to say the same word nineteen thousand times in a row. <laughs> There's a yeah. very famous uh, early uh, conference. I don't think it was E3. It might have been something else, where Steve Ballmer, who was one of the original founders of uh, Microsoft, he was actually on the same floor as Bill Gates. Dude's worth like fifty billion dollars. He owns a couple of pro athlete, pro sports teams. Uh, he was at some conference and he said the word developer 26 times in a row. Just <laughs> developer. You can actually 
pull that up on YouTube and watch it. It's hilarious because he's super hyped up. He's super animated and he's super sweaty. He's got giant pit stains and he just, <laughs> it's, I just love that passion. It's absolutely hilarious. Oh, sure. Yeah. If you've got the passion, that passion, that's what we want. So, so yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm guessing that during these like you know showcase things that Xbox is doing, someone's probably doing like a, a drinking game. Like okay, every time, not just Phil Spencer, but every time it's like written on a screen or any time someone says Game Pass, you got to take a shot. So you you'd end up uh, there'd be alcohol drink. poisoning inside of twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, they would. So, but you know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not taking the Mickey or whatever. I'm trying to just pointing out what I'm what I'm seeing, which is that Xbox is putting more effort into Game Pass, and if that's going to be as valuable as we think it's going to be, or already is pretty valuable, you know, there's a lot of games on there, and all these games that they're the the uh, studios that they've brought have been working on like you know ninja theory and and all these other studios and that and then obviously new halo is going to be on there Hellblade's is going to be on there etc etc i i understand the push for that but it feels like they're kind of letting games of gold wane a little bit so we'll see but plus in the future it probably is just going to be game pass ultimate um i think as well because you, you kind of discussed that a little bit last week with the whole yearly um was it gold that you went for? It wasn't Game Pass, was it? It was gold that you went for. Yeah, it was gold. Um, you could still buy Game Pass separate from gold, and then obviously yeah, Ultimate, yeah. which is those two combined. Yeah, but that's that's kind of what feels like is happening. So we'll see how that all plays out, uh, and what Sony eventually decides to do with PlayStation now. So we shall see. Uh, but those are your games with gold, because I don't have any thoughts on the games myself. I'm not particularly interested in them, but... Uh, if you've got games with gold or Game Pass Ultimate and you're interested in them, like me and Robert will always say, go and have some fun with them. Because why shouldn't you? Uh, so that's your games with gold and your PlayStation Plus for August 2020. Um, it's good that they came in today as well, considering we're doing the podcast. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's all the news that I've got and part of your news. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, staying on with uh, Game Pass... Uh... Aaron Greenberg was on the What's Good Games uh, podcast uh, talking about that. He said that in April there were 10 million subscribers to Game Pass. Uh, and it wasn't, they weren't doing this for like a big profit play, but it's more of a powerful marketing tool. Uh, on the podcast, he said it's a different mindset. You can either say, how do we get as much profit out of our each out of each customer? Or how do you pivot that, oppos- that opposite and say, how how do we add as much value to our our fans? How can we actually over-deliver on value? And if you do that, you build fans for life. And if people feel like you're over-delivering on value, they want to not only continue to use your service, but they want to tell their friends about it. This is actually the most powerful marketing, word of mouth. Uh, currently, right now, there are 372 games as a part of Game Pass, um, and the strategy does seem to be working. Uh, Game Pass is one of the few things that Microsoft constantly gets praised about, and as you and I have both given praise on it because it is such a great value. Yeah. Um, if you haven't signed up for Game Pass in a while, they are doing a $1 slash £1 a one-month sale. Um, I've done that a couple of times, so it's not letting me do that. It's still saying you know the, the $15. Right. Um, and part of the reason why I up to the max three years on gold is I'm figuring at some point they'll give another chance like they did when they first announced ultimate to uh, convert your, uh, your prepaid live gold to prepaid ultimate. And if they do that, even if it's like a 10 bucks charge, I'd still jump on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I think he's right in a certain way. And w- w- one other thing that I got kind of thinking about there is, you know, they've been building Game Pass for so long. These these developers that, that they've brought um, are pretty much close to, if not about to, release their games for Game Pass. And you've got a brand new shiny console around the corner as well, potentially too, depending on what happens with Lockhart or if it's going to be called Series S or that was just me guessing on that part but um i think it's pretty good timing for that and one thing i think microsoft could potentially be looking at is not necessarily how many game pass subscriptions can we get but if you are on you know a previous version of the xbox whether it be the one uh the one s the one x whatever or or one of the digital versions and you really like game pass and you're really into that ecosystem and your friends are on there and you, you play games with them and whatnot if if you're one of them sorts of people and then you see this new console coming around the corner and you see all these games that just got announced last week and stuff and you think like oh I want to play that on, you know t- to the best that I can uh, not just graphically not just graphics wise but performance wise that might incentivize a lot of those people that are currently cuz you said 10 million didn't you um that might incentivize you know some of those 10 million people maybe not every single one of them but if you get half that's still 5 million people um, and maybe that they get, you know, incentivized to think, okay, I've got this Game Pass subscription, I want to bring it over with me to my new console, and then they buy a Series X. So I think that's a pretty good strategic kind of uh, option for them as well. But um, yeah, what do you what do you think of all this? Sorry, my I had to mute my mic there for a second. Yeah, I've always said that uh, for what you pay for, just the five bucks a month, you get a massive amount of value, especially since. Anything that's a, a Microsoft-owned studio goes to Game Pass Day 1. Um, I just never got around to owning it because I tend to not play a you know random game, random game, random game. The games that I buy and play are very more specific. So I just wind up usually buying those games. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, it's definitely value for money. So Yeah. So, again, we'll see how all this works out. But uh, they're, they're cooking some stuff. So we'll see... Uh how good it is once we'll see how this all comes together you know once ps5 comes out series x comes out and some of these next gen games start coming out so we shall see uh but what else do you want to talk about today uh well next is a a real weird blast from the past uh g4 tv which uh went dark in 2014 uh released a tweet during comic-con saying we've never stopped gaming and then eventually the announcement came out that they are planning to do a, a reboot of that channel. Um, so since I don't think this ever made it into the UK, uh, G4 TV is one of those. It was a channel uh, that was owned by Comcast uh, through somebody else and was mostly seen on DirecTV. Uh, it initially started as Ziff Davis TV. And then that got converted into Tech TV, and then that got converted into G4. Um, it was kind of ahead of its time in a lot of ways, because uh, one of the shows on there was called Arena, and that was basically esports before esports was a real thing. Uh, it was a multiplayer game competition, two teams of four people. Uh, Cinematech was uh, a showcase on high end digital heart. Uh, digital art um they had a uh, a uh, review a uh, game review channel which is the name i'm blanking on right now um they did uh, attack of the show which was kind of an mtv ish style um you know a little bit of this a little bit of here's funny videos on the net here's some random stuff uh mostly it's noted because that's where most people got it introduced to olivia munn 
the channel went dark in 2014. Basically, it just it it's it's tough. The one thing I've always said is that the hardest part about having a 24 hour hour channel is having 24 hours of content. Yeah. And that was never more evident than on G4 because in order to pay the bills, they had to do reruns of a lot of just terrible shows. There was a a show called Cheaters, which was a pseudo, uh, um, not reality show, but like uh, gotcha um, detective show to where they catch people cheating on their spouses and um, reruns of cops and things like that. And this is not like, like recent reruns. We're talking like seven eight nine years that they would run about 80 percent of the time instead of actually showing like new stuff Hmm. um but this was like i said this went dark in 2014 so it started about 2009 2010-ish i want to say um so it was very ahead of its time and the fact that they're looking to do some kind of reboot with it is interesting um so it's just one of those things that uh you know a lot of people that you're familiar with now um had their run through that um obviously i mentioned olivia munn but also uh, jessica chobot allison hayslip uh, jeff Keeley got a start there kind of um kevin Pereira, adam sessler morgan webb so if you're at you know an all into like the game scene i'm you've seen some of those names at some point so mm-hmm. um zero punctuation had a bit on one of their shows for a while it's when uh um uh, escape um zero punctuation got kind of hot for a minute it's still going i mean they're still doing that that shtick but uh that's where it kind of got a lot more attention than it was just as a random youtube channel um so it's interesting to see something that has been gone for this long to come back um which i'm not really not quite sure what they're going to do with it i mean we're in, in a world now where there's a lot more esports a lot more stuff to cover so you could feel that a little bit easier, mm-hmm. but it's just—it's really going to depend on content and uh, on-air talent. Yeah, so it'll be interesting got, to yeah. see what moves. Interesting to see what moves they make from there. Do they start pulling in uh, streamers to host shows? Um, you never know. Do they start their own streaming service? You never know. We shall see. We shall see indeed. Uh, you know, with Mixer kind of falling away into facebook gaming which by the way i don't think it's going to work very well uh it could open yeah. it could open a new space for this uh was it called g g4 it was g4 g4 yeah um could open some space for them you know you still got twitch there obviously youtube's pretty much always going to be big so uh there's a little bit of space in the definitely not definitely not the the tv streaming market but the the video game streaming market certainly there's there's a little bit of space uh so we'll see how this goes um yeah i saw the trailer for this online and people were freaking out and i was like am i supposed to remember what this is and i just i just didn't um well to be fair i don't think it ever made it into the uk this was yeah i don't remember it being like anything really over here necessarily but uh uh, i think we've had like similar stuff like that before these little like there were more kind of tv channel uh game coverage as opposed to like youtube channels or twitch or, or or stuff like that or podcasts or whatever um it was like run like a tv channel so i'm i'm kind of familiar with the format a little bit i've 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 seen it be done before but just not with g4 specifically so yeah like you said it'd be interesting to see like okay do certain people end up leaving the companies that they're working for do you get some of the people that are a little bit more 
free out there. Uh, so you've got, you've got like obviously the, all, all the people that were signed up to Mixer before who have pretty much left uh, and gone to either YouTube or Twitch. Do they kind of maybe jump on board? Do they do a bit of both maybe? Um, like you, I, will you get like an appearance from Ninja or from Doctor Dis- uh, Mister? Is it Mister Disrespect? Doctor Disrespect? It's Doc. Doctor, yeah. Uh, Doctor Disrespect, you just kind of see him on there. Um, you'll probably have like cameos from I don't know people like Greg Miller or whatever at certain points. Um, so we'll see how this goes, but I'll I'll keep my eye on it. You know, if it if it comes up with good good content and good people on it, uh, then uh, I'll take some interest. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. So. Yeah, and you can see some of the old uh, highlights on YouTube or any other video streaming service. Just put yeah. in like G4 or Attack of the Show would probably be the one um, that most people would look up because of some of the people that were involved with it. Um, and like I said, I mean, there's there's more in gaming now that way you could have more content. I just don't know if it would be good content. You never know about that kind of thing. So Yeah, we'll see. So uh, Cool, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I had to talk about is an unfortunate cancellation. Um, earlier this year, Dragon Age designer Mike Laidlaw, who'd been working for a mysterious game for Ubisoft since uh, 2018, left the company. Uh, no game was officially announced, but according to sources that Bloomberg magazine claims are familiar with the project, it was an Arthurian RPG um, that was uh, canceled back in 2019. Um the person that's in charge of that, uh, Ubisoft's uh, former chief creative officer, who recently re- recently resigned because of all the Ubisoft thing, um, yeah, the, reportedly the had a huge yeah yeah, which I don't want to get into. Uh, reportedly had a huge amount of influence over the games. Um, so whether this kills the game, brings it back, hard to tell. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen a really good uh, Arthurian RPG, and this one. The early artwork that's been out looks really, really good. So it's kind of a bummer that it's going to get sidelined with everything going on. So I don't know if he'd seen this game before or had any interaction with this at all. So I did see this news come out. Yeah, Uh, I didn't see any particular images or anything for the game. Um, It's kind of this is probably a little bit of a coincidence, but it's interesting that because this is based on the Arthurian legend, which. The Netflix show Cursed, season one, which I mentioned in the housekeeping section that I did a review for, also recently just came out. I'm not saying that this information's come out because the show has. Obviously, they got kind of nothing to do with each other, but I thought that was kind of interesting timing. But um, like I've always said, you know, if a game comes out and it's good and it's based off of this one particularly, it's based off uh, interesting material. You've got, you know, you know some fantasy stuff, which is uh, pretty hot right now. Um, with you know, cursed and Game of Thrones and Witcher and all the all the other stuff that's out there. Obviously, we're going to get a second season of The Witcher and whatnot, and uh, hopefully a second season of Cursed. Um, and just just you know, that sword fighting genre is uh, pretty big right now. So, um, I I I look at a game like this and kind of you know look at Ubisoft's kind of recent track record, and they've been doing a lot. They've been doing a lot of these like online games, things like Division, which I know is probably the most popular of them, at least from Ubisoft's side. Um, I've I've kind of just looked at Ubisoft recently and thought like do do they kind of have it in them to make like quality production video games and I'm just kind of not sure that they do so part of me kind of thinks like okay if this did come out and it had some expectations with it because it's based off of this popular kind of material would it have been any kind of good would it have had like microtransactions or would it have been like kind of grindy or whatever um 
You've also got kind of the unfortunate thing for this game, which is that it would be compared to Assassin's Creed because, you know, from from the same uh, studio and whatnot, the same, uh, you know, Ubisoft. Um, So it's already got kind of in-house competition with it. Uh, And it'll also be, you know, compared to other sword fighting games, you know, Witcher and and some other stuff as well. Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Sekiro, some other stuff like that. So, um, like, not necessarily all of that would happen, but it would at least be compared to similar games. Would it have been good enough? I just don't... Part of me just doesn't know if Ubisoft's kind of got it in their locker to compete at that sort of high level anymore. Uh, I mean, we'll see when, you know, obviously I'm, I'm still looking forward to Watch Dogs Legion and cautiously optimistic for Far Cry 6 and and for Assassin's Creed Valhalla but yeah I just I'm I'm just unsure as to whether or not this would have been good um how about you yeah um I mean there's been a lot of uh online RPGs uh you know back when MMOs were everything everybody was making there was tons of them uh but we haven't really seen a lot of it in a while now granted with uh Blizzard pass or whatever they call it the resurgence of world of warcraft has been uh, pretty intense i know a lot of people that are getting really sucked into that mm-hmm. um but past that i mean it's kind of hard to tell yeah. really yeah because we've got uh we got a question in the feedback about developers actually today um and i just thought that was a an interesting point to kind of bring up so i, th- I mean ubisoft's gonna be fine they're gonna continue to make good video games and great video games but i i, I used to like them more two or three years ago in fact i think i did an article or a podcast two or three years ago that was about like you know ubisoft deserve more credit and i kind of look back on that now and i'm like okay i wrote i wrote that at at a time when i did believe that but i just don't quite at the moment i like lost two far cry far cry games weren't that great and assassin's creed's had some bad changes in my opinion yes this one this year's one looks a lot better but um yeah, I I don't know. It's just and they've you know the way they've treated Splinter Cell and just I, I don't know. Ubisoft's kind of sliding slowly into into my bad books in a way. So, but like I said, they still got three games that I'm kind of anticipating: Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, and sort of Far Cry Six. So we'll see. Uh, anything else on this, or do you, that was your last thing, wasn't it? So. Yeah, that was my last thing. Cool. Uh, let's move on to those emails that I just talked about. Um, we do have three of them today. If you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or maybe your concerns about video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Also, don't forget, we do have that spoiler policy thing on the website as well. Juliana says, I was looking at the Fool's lineup of launch titles and have not been blown away. Considering also the fact that I can play those shiny new new uh, Xbox games on my Xbox One, I have been left um, unimpressed thoughts. Um, I mean, yeah, from what's been kind of announced so far, we know that Halo Infinite, I think, pretty much is a launch title. Um, given what they showed of Hellblade last week, I'm starting to not think that that's a launch title because they, they talked about like landscaping certain environments and things like that. So it doesn't quite sound like they're as far, as far in development as what we thought. Uh, Spider-Man, the Miles Morales game, uh, was talked about for Holiday, holiday 2020. Um, but yeah, there's just certain games people have maybe, be, maybe kind of predicted or talked about that might be launched games that just haven't really been talked about yet. Um, that we got the DC is it a fandom thing next month where they might talk about this Batman game. I'm not saying that they will, but that's one of the kind of discussion points or rumors. So that could be a launch title. Obviously, it's been five years since we've had 
a proper Arkham game because we did have the VR one, but that was a, a shorter kind of experience. But uh, I think there's maybe some titles out there still that we don't know about just yet. I know it's a little bit late because we're almost in August, but I think maybe next month, maybe even the month after, we could hear about some more uh, games. But uh, what do you think? I haven't heard anything about a DC convention, but then again, I haven't really been actively looking at one either. So. Uh, it's possible. I mean, I'd love to get information officially on any kind of new Batman game, but I'm just not holding my breath at this point anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, what about Juliana's points about launch titles? Uh, I can see that. I mean, there's definitely some games out there that aren't like super woohoo to get about, but you know, hopefully we'll get new stuff soon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of talked earlier about, you know, I've got a new Crash Bandicoot on the way. I'm still playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, there's things like the Avengers game, which I'm curious about. You've got the Tony Hawk's remaster, which looks cool. You've got Watch Dogs, you've got Assassin's Creed. They all look really cool. None of them are, like, launch titles, though. They're games that I'm really looking forward to that are coming out. And, you know, I'm interested in Assassin's Creed this year and some other stuff as well. Um, depends what they do with Call of Duty. Apparently, it might be a Cold War game, but we, we shall see. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm still kind of in this camp where I think we're just hearing about games that are going to come out before or, or slightly after the uh, new consoles, although we don't know the actual dates for those consoles yet, but I, I just think we're kind of on the edge of hearing about like the next bunch of games, because um, uh, last month, was it last month, this month? Yeah, this uh, last month, because it was the day before uh, Last of Us Part 2, uh, when we had the, the PS5 reveal thing, and they did they did kind of say like, okay, we'll be back. At a later date. So maybe they will talk more about launch titles. And like we've been saying for two, three, four, or 5 weeks or whatever. Um, we at some point are going to find out the release date and the price for these things. So we shall see. But no I'm kind of with on what's been announced so far. In terms of launch titles specifically. It, it, it does leave a little bit to be desired I think. So we shall see. Uh, Martin says I know you have both talked about uh, Naughty Dog a lot. Given you know all the Last of Us 2 talk and that. How do you feel uh, they um, both add up to the best in the business, uh, such as CD Projekt Red with The Witcher, Rockstar with GTA and Red Dead, and some others as well? Um, so I, I kind of talked about this you know, question was coming up. We just talked about Ubisoft, and I've kind of doubted them a little bit as of recently. Um, what do you think in terms of like, the best in the business of uh, developers? Like, There's some examples there, you know, Naughty Dog, CD Projekt Red, uh, Rockstar. Uh, I definitely would put CD Projekt Red up there. They've definitely proven that with both of their uh, um, game quality, their uh, respect for the gamers, and their gamer time. So that, those would be one of my top-ish, you know, game uh, developers. Past that, uh, it's just it's kind of hard to tell right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, for me, I would put Naughty Dog. Um... Rockstar and maybe CD Projekt Red in uh, in the top three in no particular order necessarily. This is something I've been thinking about a little bit myself with you know just the the quality that I've at least that I've thought of um, in terms of Last of Us Two and you know Naughty Dog's consistency because I did you know the whole episode on them uh, the power of Naughty Dog and all that. So yeah, it's been something I've been thinking about a little bit as well. Just you know kind of an eye opener sort of thing. So. Uh, we got that. Yasmin says, I have been looking at Nintendo. Uh, they have been quite, um, quite the disappointing, had quite the disappointing year, sorry, so far. Uh, yes, Animal Crossing was big, uh, a big hit, but what else has happened with them? Yeah, Naughty Dog, uh, Naughty Dog, uh, 
Nintendo has been pretty quiet this year. Like, they've not had, you know, it's been a little bit of time since they've had a big um, Mario and Zelda game. I know that they just had the, the Paper Mario Origami something or other. That game mm-hmm. just, just came out. They've had that. They had Animal Crossing in, is that March or something? Came out a, a good few months ago at this point. Uh, and that was a really big seller and did really well. But yeah, other than that, they've just this year they've been really quiet, haven't they? I think we're we're almost eight months into the year. Um, but yeah, what do you think of Nintendo's year so far? Uh yeah, I mean they've had a great year with Animal Crossing. It's definitely moved a lot of units. I think it's up over ten million units sold. I'd have to say something around that. Um, really. so but that's not. I don't think they own that IP. I think it, another company does that. But yeah, they haven't really done a whole lot. Um. So, kind of hard to judge, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Nintendo gamers probably, like myself, I want more games for my Switch than that. Like like I said, was it last week that like I haven't even taken my Switch out of the dock for for a few mm. months? I've added uh, Donkey Kong Tropical, Tropical Freeze to my list just to give that a try again. Because that's the one Nintendo game I've kind of looked at and thought, like, okay, I can go through that again. Uh, well, not go through it again, but try it again, rather. Because um, I did enjoy it and stuff. I just got distracted with other games, so... Um, but yeah, they've just had a weird kind of quiet year. They've done all these, you know, weird things in the last couple of years, like the the VR stuff that they did, and um, what was it even called? You know that cardboard thing that they came out with. You could put your switch into certain things. Yeah, like I can't a remember Neo what or Nero or something weird like that. Yeah, can't even remember the name of it. But no, no one's like talking about that or the VR thing. Um, so yeah, it's time to like like we kind of said, time for Nintendo to talk and not in a Eight Labo. Min- eight minutes. Labo. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, it's time for Nintendo to talk about the next big games. I know they did that sort of, what was it, eight minute you said? Stealth Direct last week? Yeah. Which, like, no one talked about. Um, no one knew about. Yeah, no one knew about it until it, until it happened. Yeah, you've got, you've got Microsoft who's, like, promoting this showcase over and over and over and over and over again uh, and hyping it up and all that. And then you've got Nintendo that's like, oh, we're just going to, you know, just upload this video to YouTube. And uh, we'll see if people watch it. So, yeah, I'm 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 eagerly awaiting what they're going to do next. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to Breath of the Wild 2, whenever that's going to be. Um, the next Mario game and whatnot. So, we shall see. But I'd I'd welcome some new IP from Nintendo as well. I think it's been it's been a little bit of time. So, there we go. I know, I know they had like was it Astral Chain and they had what was the other game that came out around the same time. I can't remember. There was two. There was two. I think relatively new IPs that they did last year. One of them was Astral Train, Tra- Astral Chain, and there was another one, but I can't remember the name of it. So, uh, but I didn't get into Astral Chain much. So, there we go. And that's everything we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Uh, we'll be back next week with another with another episode. We are in a minute going to do a, I guess, a TV type of episode where we talk about some trailers. Um, we're also going to talk about the Emmys in a minute as well and talk about some Comic-Con trailers and stuff. So we'll see how that goes. But thank you all very much for listening. You can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, remember the spoiler policy is out there. So if you're curious about um, any episodes that you go to listen to, you're not sure if, they have, if they'll have spoilers in and whatnot. Uh, that's been added as well, so look out for that. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk, we are on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 
and three dollar level tiers for review ad free uh review options ad free podcast options and instant podcast options as well uh, amazon affiliate link if you're buying stuff on amazon we can get a small cut but it won't cost you extra itunes feed you can rate review and subscribe to those uh speaking of itunes david uh is on uh geek town of course as well that's also on itunes uh there's a new episode of geek town radio available today which is out right now which you can go and listen to uh, so go and check that out as well uh but please rate review and subscribe to entertainment talk and geek town on itunes in terms of twitch uh, and youtube and stuff uh, bex is streaming daily on twitch go and check her out over there trista bytes trista b-y-t-e-s go and search for that on twitch uh follow there subscribe there support her go and check her out pretty cool stuff uh barry has recently started a horror podcast he is on talk and stalk on youtube he's doing really well really happy for him at the moment from what he's done so far um he's got two episodes one of which is in two parts and then he's got another episode he is actually away this week so he won't be doing a new one but go and check out the two episodes that he's done so far and i think he'll be back doing that next week so go and look at that as well if you're into your horror stuff as well uh he's very very knowledgeable so go and have a look out for that um, word of mouth, you can tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feed, social media, Facebook and Twitter of course, and in different Facebook groups if you can, that would really help us out as well. Um, Twitch, I'm also on Twitch as well, streaming Ghost of Tsushima currently, and when I finish that I'll be doing Last of Us Part 2, uh, New Game Plus again, so look out for that. And uh, yeah, look out for, well, check out the Let's Play Sunday episodes that are out there available, there is 50 of them, so have a look, this series will be back soon. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.